Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me in the studio today is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Kirk Nara from the law firm of Wiley Ryan in Washington, D.C. Kirk specializes in health care, insurance, and privacy issues for the firm. Today's topic is a growing threat and concern for the insurance industry, and that concern is identity theft. I'll turn it over to Brendan Noonan today for our first question. Kirk, can you start today by defining identity theft and tell us why this is becoming a major issue for insurers? Certainly. Identity theft really consists of two separate but related kinds of problems. The first one is really not that new. It's an issue where somebody takes my information, for example, my credit card information, steals it, and then uses it to make purchases or otherwise use an existing account. That's not a new problem. There are certain ways in the legal system to deal with it, but it's a significant problem, and it's it's one that's costing a lot of dollars to both uh, individuals and to businesses. The second part, which is frankly more of a concern and, and a newer issue, is taking personal information things like my name, my my address, my social security number, and using it to set up new accounts, new accounts that I won't know about as the person. It might be credit, it might be cards, it might be loans, it might be mortgages, it might be a variety of different things. And I don't find out about this until those purchases have been made, they've worked their way through the collection system, and I end up, the first time I hear about it, is a collection agent shows up at my door. So that new account issue is much more troubling, much more significant. and and creating far bigger problems for individuals. And it's an issue that affects companies all across corporate America, not just limited to the insurance industry, but the insurance industry gets a big hit out of it. What are some of the issues now facing the insurance companies? Well, insurers get hit in some ways that are similar to other companies and some ways that are different. I think there are really four different ways that the identity theft problem uh, is affecting insurers. First of all, most insurers, particularly personal lines, but not limited to personal lines insurers, have large amounts of personal information about their customers or about claimants, individuals that they're dealing with in a business context. And so all of that information is a potential source of identity theft problems. If there are security breaches, things like that, we've seen all kinds of problems in the insurance industry and in other industries. Second category is employee information. Many insurers are very large employers, and you have information uh, like social security numbers and account numbers about all of your employees. So again, that's sort of a separate set of issues and something that companies need to treat distinctly. I think there are two other issues that are, that are somewhat more unique for the insurance industry. First of all, identity theft and a variety of related issues involving privacy and security are leading to some significant thinking in the insurance industry about new kinds of products, whether existing products cover these kinds of losses, whether they are business opportunities for insurance companies. So that's an important way to think about it. The last piece, again, primarily affecting insurers, is the fact that identity theft is leading to lots of litigation and lots of claims-related issues for companies that have liability policies, errors and omissions policies, things like that, covering pretty much a wide variety of, of companies that have to deal with litigation claims against their customers. Kirk, uh, what are some of the key steps that insurers can take to protect the information they have about customers and employees? 
But what we're talking about in the insurance industry, and again, for most of corporate America, is to think about improving overall security practices involving the protection of personal information. Now, insurers, for the most part, again, particularly in the personal lines industry, have have had to follow privacy and security rules from the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act, uh, which was passed several years ago. But what we're seeing, particularly with identity theft and security breaches, is that companies didn't do a good enough job several years ago, or they need to be updating their practices in order to have more effective protection of personal information. If I keep a good handle on the information that I have as a company, then people can't steal the information about my customers and about my employees. So insurers need to reevaluate their overall security practices, a couple of things that have been in the news that require some additional focus. Remote access, you know, we now, we now have a much more linked system, networked system, where people can get access to computer databases around the country. Companies need to make sure they have effective controls there. They have to be careful with things like Blackberries and PDAs and other kinds of devices that may not have been as prevalent a few years ago. The last piece I want to mention that I want to single out as something that is crucial for insurers to be focusing on is how the company collects, uses, stores, maintains, and discloses Social Security numbers. Social Security numbers clearly are the most risky element of identity theft. It's the easiest data element that can be used to create identity theft. And what we're seeing is that companies have social security numbers in a wide range of places across their company, and they don't have a good handle on it. And when you do a a thorough project evaluating social security numbers, most companies will find that they have numbers in places they don't need it. They give access to people that don't need it. They disclose it to people that don't need it. And so I really do encourage companies to institute a specific project to evaluate all the places in the company that a social security number is collected, used, and disclosed. How does identity theft specifically impact the medical insurance industry? Well, what we're seeing is a variety of different harms that are coming out of identity theft. The one that gets the most attention uh, is certainly credit-related problems, people opening you know, taking my information to open up new accounts that end up causing me credit problems and financial losses. The medical insurance industry or the health insurance industry is affected in a couple of different ways that are unique. One is that the health insurance industry obviously has a separate regulatory structure through the HIPAA rules that require some ongoing regulatory changes to security practices. That's something that companies need to really keep updated and keep reevaluating. The more significant piece, I think, that is unique or at least focused on the health insurance industry has to do with medical identity theft, which is, uh, again, a recently sort of uncovered or exposed problem where people are taking identifying information and using it to get health care coverage, and then that health care coverage, one may have a health care treatment, I should say, more than health care coverage, then that, that impact can affect economics the same way that a credit card bill uh, that, that somebody isn't expecting. But more significantly, as our healthcare system is getting more integrated, if somebody has used my information to get treatment, that information may get put into my medical record. It may be seen by hospitals and doctors that are treating me, and we're starting to see situations where there are health concerns health problems being created by inappropriate information, inaccurate information being integrated into 
uh, electronic medical records. So again, the medicalized, medical component of identity theft is something that very much affects the health insurance industry. Okay, now, Kirk, you confirmed before that we are seeing increased litigation now. In your opinion, what does the future hold for identity theft litigation? Well, it's interesting. We've seen somewhat less litigation than I might have predicted involving privacy, security, and identity theft, but we are definitely seeing an increase in that in the last, even the last year or two, and I see no signs of that slowing down. Now, I will say that there is one significant reason why we haven't seen more cases, more litigation, which is that plaintiffs are still struggling in some of these cases, particularly the bigger class action cases, to come up with a theory of damages. Just because a company has a big security breach involving information that could lead to identity theft doesn't mean that it necessarily will lead to identity theft. And so we've got lots of cases that are based on threats, risks of identity theft, but we damages continue to be a, a significant hurdle for plaintiffs to get over in these cases. There is a case that's pending right now, actually a series of cases involving one of the recent uh, large security breaches involving a clothing retailer well, we, we're, there seems to be some actual injury and some actual problems, and there have been some cases filed. So I think that that, may, that case may be one to watch carefully and see if that creates sort of a tipping point on damages. We're also seeing cases be filed by banks and people like that who have lost money in these credit situations. When, when a credit card is stolen or a new account is set up, it's often the credit card company or the bank company that bears the costs of that. So we're seeing litigation between companies where banks and credit unions, people like that, are suing retailers and others who are arguably responsible for the security breaches. So haven't seen a tremendous amount of litigation, but it's clearly growing, and I think that the main thing to watch is whether we have you know one big case that gets over that damages hurdle. Okay, great, Kirk. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. We greatly appreciate it. Me. And that was uh, Kirk Nara from the law firm of Wiley Ryan in Washington, D.C. Special thanks again to Brendan Noonan for joining us in studio today and to our producer, Brian Cohen. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this podcast, go to podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for your future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision-makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in BEST's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year 
year-long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 